Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is the Blackout. We're coming to you from bellyupsports.com, and it is time for another Pick'em Pod. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. Alan, welcome back. How in the world are you? My gosh, I'm I'm so excited for this week and the next round of games for 15 games, and uh, I've I've never had to pick this many games, so this is it's introduces a whole new element to it. It absolutely does, Alan. We've got a lot to get to, so let's go ahead and jump into news and notes that are pertaining to this week's action. You'll find all these games on your board as we talk about them things that are happening, kind of injuries and different things to watch for. We've got Florida State at Louisville this week. Florida State is waiting on some news for Tamorion Terry, their star wide receiver. He has been noted as coming back, quote, soon, unquote, from Mike Norvell. Very intentionally nonspecific. So Tamorion Terry, he missed this last week's game. Florida State really needs him back. He has 21 receptions for 275 yards on the year and a touchdown. He would be a big-time target for Jordan Travis to have for the Seminoles on their trip to Louisville. Alan, what's your reaction to uh, what kind of deal this would be for Florida State if they get him back on the field? I think it would be a great help. I think Jordan Travis needs all the help that that he can get. Um, And versus the Louisville defense that though played surprisingly well last week has overall been an app, right? And so if they can get another one of their weapons back for, for soon, whatever that, <laughs> whatever that means, yep. I love college coaches. They just, they just tell you lies and feed you whatever they want to. <laughs> um, I- I know that he's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I know that he is uh, coming back from a small medical procedure on his knee. I'm guessing it's kind of a scope type deal. Uh, But getting Terry back would be a big deal for Florida State, I think, just because it enhances what that offense can do. And as you're breaking in a new quarterback with Jordan Travis, I think there'll be a big boost for them going up to a Louisville defense that has had a hard time defending people. Uh, Alan, let's look at the LSU-South Carolina matchup. 
This is a big deal as well. Quarterback Miles Brennan from LSU is questionable for this week, and I've even heard a lot of people talking very pessimistically about it. Uh, So he's recovering from an injury that he sustained against Missouri. He never even practiced last week, and the way it's looking, it sounds like he is very doubtful for this week against the Gamecocks. He's the only experienced guy on the roster. I mean, that's a really big deal, right? If he can't come back, then even at home versus a competent South Carolina team coming off a, a win against Auburn, I mean, I could see them going in there and winning that game. And and so we'll see. But if Brendan can't play, that puts that means that they don't have a defense. And now they have a great amount of uncertainty on offense, which I think puts them in a precarious spot, honestly. I mean, what do you think about that? I agree completely. Like you're saying, the defense has really been a mess this year. They gave up a bunch of points in that loss to Missouri. They gave up a bunch of points to start off the season against Mississippi State. Uh, Their only wins against Vanderbilt. And that can't inspire any confidence in what LSU's putting on the field. Miles Brennan's been pretty good. Honestly, he's been one of the brighter spots on the team so far. So if he's out, like you're alluding to, the backups don't have any experience. It would be either a true freshman in TJ Finley or a true freshman in Max Johnson getting the start. Neither one of those has gotten on the field yet so far uh, or done anything significant because you're looking at a bunch of games where uh, where LSU's been a whole lot worse than you expected they would be. So uh, I don't know what we're going to see with that, but that's going to be something to stay tuned into as we get into this weekend. NC State at North Carolina. Allen, it was some tough news for the Wolfpack coming out of this weekend's game against Duke. Devin Leary, the starting quarterback, is going to be out four to eight weeks after having surgery on a broken fibula. That is a big one because there has been a big boost to that offense ever since Devin Leary got on the field this year. He's made all the difference in the world in their offense and in their team, right? They're four and one. They're probably no better than three and two, two and three. I I would even say two and three without Devin Leary. And so this is the kind of thing that, that sends them uh, down the, down the slide. And, And I could see North Carolina after a, after a terrible loss that I think they can come out and just lay the smack down on NC state. Makes a lot of sense. The injury to Leary means that Bailey Hawkman is going to get back in the starting lineup. He started the year, uh, but he's been inconsistent. He's thrown for a little over 300 yards, but he has two touchdowns versus three interceptions. Uh, he has definitely has not been the weapon that Leary was once he came out of, I think, some quarantine-type stuff at the beginning of the year. Alan, another one that we need to watch, it's going to be one that we talk about a lot on this episode because it's our game of the week. Oklahoma State against Iowa State. We need to be watching what's going on with the Cowboys. Their starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders, has only played one drive this year. He's been recovering from an ankle injury. And what I'm hearing, it sounds like he's expected to play this weekend. It just matters about whether you're looking at uh, the situation there. Is is he going to get all the snaps at quarterback? Is he going to split time with Shane Ellingworth, the freshman who's been uh, coming in while he's been out? Uh, it's a big question to watch, and if you can get any detail on Spencer Sanders and his recovery, that's going to be a big deal for our game of the week this week. Exactly. I mean, it, it, that could be something that that, that swings uh, kind of the momentum of a, of a game if you get your starting quarterback back and, and he ends up being healthy. 
um, it's it cracks me up. There's so much mystery over these kinds of games. I wish coaches would just almost come out like Jesus and and say that only the Father knows the time or the hour in which we would get our quarterback back. <laughs> It's so true. Uh, Everything, like I said, everything that I've seen kind of points towards Sanders playing this weekend. Uh, But you have Mike Gundy out there saying, yeah, we might split time. You might see both guys. I mean, is that really true? I don't know. Uh, But Sanders adds an extra dynamic to that offense with his legs if he's able to get in there. So that'll be one that we continue to talk about throughout this episode. Alan, another one that we have to note is Penn State going on the road to face Indiana. Their starting running back, Journey Brown, is likely to miss the entire season with an undisclosed medical uh, condition. That just was announced this week. So that's going to put extra impetus on Noah Kane and Sean Clifford, the quarterback, to really be involved in the ground game. Uh, that would be a pretty big loss. I think I think that's probably uh, something you'd agree with, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a big loss for them. I mean, I, I mean, just when when you hit when you hear that kind of news, you're just like, oof. I mean, that's that's that really stinks for Journey Brown. He's a he's a talented player. And, um, and that's a big loss for the Penn State backfield. And, and they start out at a comparable Indiana team. So that that makes that kind of game that much more interesting. Definitely. Alan, one last one to take a look at in the news and notes section. We've got Virginia at Miami this week. And Virginia starting quarterback Brennan Armstrong still has not uh, passed concussion protocol. So they're waiting on him to get back, but he hasn't been that involved in practice. That's another one that could kind of tip one way or the other uh, in terms of what you're looking at and where you slide this game on your point values for this week. So some news there with the Virginia starting quarterback. Also, I imagine you think is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. Anytime you lose your starting quarterback, in my opinion, that's a really big deal. That's something to to kind of throw up red flags, and essentially money's going to start coming in on the other team when that type of thing happens. But in regards to pickums, I don't know that that it matters all that much, right? Yeah. They had a bigger line. Miami's at home. Um, chances are that was going to be Miami high anyway. So I don't know, like for, in regards to us, I don't know that it is a huge difference, but it makes a big difference to Virginia. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I would say the only difference it would make is, you know, if you find out that Brennan Armstrong's going to play, maybe you boosted that up one or two extra spots because you thought he might be out and maybe you slide it down one or two just to get it back into a normal spot. Or if you're on the really optimistic side with Virginia and say, hey, they have a chance at springing an upset, but there's no chance without Armstrong, and that could dramatically change things. But I'm with you in terms of if you think this is a safe play, you're probably not changing a whole lot. Alan, have you seen anything about uh, who's been backing up Armstrong while he's been off the field? No, I haven't. So... This is just kind of a fun deal to talk about because we have a young man named Lindell Stone. He wears number 36 on the football field, and he stands at a huge six foot, 240 pounds at quarterback while Brennan Armstrong is not on the field. So uh, there have been a lot of people that have taken note. Uh, He's played okay, but he's not that talented. And it's just very interesting to watch a uh, 
a, a dude that's nearly 250 pounds wearing number 36 at quarterback when Brennan Armstrong is not in the game. Dude, my mouth is a gas <laughs> right now. The, he, he is the chosen one, <laughs> right? Like all you push all your money to, to Virginia at that point. Oh my God. That is amazing. You've got Mike Allstott. Yes. As your quarterback or something like that. Oh, wow. I'll what, have, I'm not even going to, I don't want to body shame him, but six <laughs> foot 240. And like that's, that's heftier than I am. And I, and I, and I would look like a, a, a bag of rocks and potatoes out there in one of those <laughs> youth football uniforms. Oh man. Well, all I got to say is if Armstrong is still on the bench, dealing with his concussion. Of course, we hope that's not the case. Uh, but if that's the case, make sure you flip on over to see a little bit of the Virginia offense with Mr. Lindell Stone at quarterback because uh, it is a sight to see. There's no doubt. I've only seen a couple highlights at this point. Alan, let's go ahead and jump into our game of the week. We've talked about it already. We've got number 17, Iowa State, at number six, Oklahoma State. As we look at this game, uh, what are your what are some of your thoughts about kind of what dictates the flow of this game and, and who has an edge in one way or another? I think one of the most important matchups that, that I think will dictate the game is Oklahoma's strength at running the ball behind Chuba Hubbard. And, and I think that's going to be important. If, if Spencer Sanders comes back, he contributes and actually adds to that. They're averaging a little over 200 yards on the ground per game. But Iowa State's run defense is good. Yeah, and and actually, I, they get after the quarterback pretty well. And if if Shane Illingworth, if if he ends up starting, he will have not seen a defense like this, um, and will have to be efficient. You have to imagine that Spencer Sanders, even if he comes back, will be limited um, to more to the pocket. And so I think that that running game versus Iowa State's good run defense is going to prove to be uh, very important because I don't know that Illingworth is good enough to beat them over top consistently enough. Yeah, and I think we've seen that as the season's play, played out. Illingworth has done a pretty good job protecting the ball, uh, but he's really been more of a game manager. And and when you have talent at the wide receiver position like Tylen Wallace, he really hasn't been able to play up to his talent ability because he's just been kind of limited with this offense and what it's done so far. And honestly, I think it's put a hamper on Chuba Hubbard. So potentially, I think with Spencer Sanders returning, if he plays the majority of this game, I think that's a really big deal for Oklahoma State because, hey, it opens up a lot more of the zone read. I think that it potentially opens alleyways for both Sanders and Hubbard. Uh, But I still have some questions about, you know, can this offense find that flow very quickly? I don't really know. I think the things that you highlighted with Iowa State are really important. I think their defense is pretty good. You talked about their ability to get after a quarterback, especially if that Shane Illingworth back there in the pocket, he's not as mobile. Uh, You've got Jaquan Bailey and Will McDonald, the fourth, the two defensive ends for Iowa State. They've combined this year for eight sacks. And then you've got a veteran quarterback in Brock Purdy. You've got a running back in Brees Hall that's had a really good year and is heating up here over these last couple of weeks. So I'm really intrigued by this matchup. Alan, anything else you want to talk about with the matchup before we get to picks? I think Oklahoma State has a good defense, but um, I also think it's a bit of fool's gold when you look at the numbers. I mean, you look at the numbers, they're averaging, um, allowing nine points per game. 
that's pretty staggering, right? But here's they've played no one with a dang pulse on offense. They've played Kansas, West Virginia, and Tulsa. And, and so I, I think that that's going to be a, a big deal when you when you start having to face some of the weapons you just talked about on top of, I think, a, uh, probably a, a Sunday quarterback and Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah he's real Purdy. <laughs> when you're trying to compare the results and what these teams have done so far, there is no doubt when you look at it, that Iowa State has played a more difficult schedule than what Oklahoma State is. Uh, Both teams have been pretty impressive with the defensive side of the ball, uh, but Iowa State has certainly played better competition to this point, and I think that's kind of where my thought process goes with some of this. So, Alan, I'm going to jump into the picks. Last week, I picked up 40 points. You picked up 37. Uh, So since I gained on you, I'll go first. This week, in this game of the week, I am taking the Cyclones on the road. They're a small underdog, but because of the reasons we talked about, because of getting after the quarterback, uh, because there's still questions with Spencer Sanders, because Chuba Hubbard's been limited some this year, I'm going with the veteran quarterback and the good defensive play of Iowa State on the road in a big-time Big 12 matchup. I'm with you, man. You and I are going to ride or die together this week, my (laughs) friend. I like Iowa State in this game and for a lot of the same reasons i'm actually kind of surprised that oklahoma state's the favorite in this game um but i I think they win as road dogs and um and sets themselves up in a pretty great spot to be uh competing for that big 12 championship yeah and really the truth is whoever comes out on top in this game has a massive advantage in making it to the big 12 championship and for that matter this could be like we talked about earlier uh with the georgia alabama game from last week Uh, i think this could potentially be a preview of what we get in the big 12 championship game so it'll be really interesting Mm -hmm. to see uh, just how competitive this game is i think it's going to be a really close one uh but i like the fact that we're both on the same side i thought we would be uh but so far when we've split on picking our game of the week you've gotten one right and i've gotten one right uh but when we've paired been paired up on the same side we've gotten it right every time so i hope that holds true this weekend i'll be pulling hard for the cyclones alan that's exactly right we're better together my friend isn't that just the sweetest little thing you ever did see absolutely <laughs> alan if you're ready for it let's jump into the value picks we talked about it a little bit the big 10 is returning this week and we've got a lot to look at inside one of the premier conferences in the country And Alan, my most confident value pick that I'm going to give you this week is one of those Big Ten games. We have the Michigan Wolverines at the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And I want to highlight some things for you as we look at this matchup. When you look at Minnesota, some of the storylines that we've seen and some of the things you want to follow is they have a returning starting quarterback in Tanner Morgan, one of the better starting quarterbacks in the Big Ten. He's not amazing, but he's solid. On top of that, you've got Rashad Bateman, who opted back into playing this season. He's one of the premier wide receivers in the country. I'm really excited to watch him play. They've got all five starting offensive linemen returning this season. 
That's a really big deal. And then they return a good running back in Mo Ibrahim as well. You flip it to the other side. What does Michigan have? Well, they lost Shea Patterson, their quarterback from last season. Then one of the guys contesting for the starting position, Dylan McCaffrey, opted out. So now we're sitting looking at Joe Milton, who hasn't played a ton in his career. Beyond that, Donovan Peoples-Jones is gone from last year. Tariq Black, the wide receiver, transferred to Texas. You had Nico Collins, who just decided to opt out. And then kind of the opposite of what Minnesota has on the offensive line, Michigan only returns one of their starting five offensive linemen. Neither team returns a lot on the defensive side of the ball, but I love what Minnesota brings back offensively. So, Allen, right now the spread that we're looking at has Michigan favored by three points. If you put that up on the board, valued according to the spread, you would put it at either a one, a two, or a three. But, Allen, I love the Golden Gophers in this matchup. I think the wrong team is favored. Give me Minnesota. I'm taking them to win this game on their home field as the underdog. And I'm confident enough to tell you, I think I'm going to put it, if you split the the board into thirds, 11 through 15 on the high end, 1 through 5 on the low end, 6 through 10 in the middle, I think I'm probably going to put them somewhere in the middle. I feel really good about Minnesota being able to win this game. Whoa, look at TB rowing the dang boat. Yes, sir. Lord, nobody else nobody else has to row the boat because you're rowing it so hard, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. In, in all honesty, though, it, much to – I'm going to give Bruce a shout-out again. Much <laughs> to Bruce Doublefield's chagrin. He's a Tennessee fan and a Michigan fan. He's a glutton for punishment. Um, I don't know why Michigan's favored yeah. in this game. Um. And for all the reasons that you said, and typically, um, I really like PJ Fleck in these types of games. He has just a great way of motivating. And, uh, Mr. Khakis, uh, has a typical way of not being able to motivate for the big game. And this is the type of game when their offense, I think Minnesota's offense is just going to be too much for a Don Brown defense. And, and that dude's one of the best in the business, but, um, I, I, I really like what you're laying down there, my friend. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the test that this Minnesota offense is going to put up for a Michigan defense that doesn't return a ton of starters. I really like the looks of it. And one of the things that kind of gets me over the hump and thinking that way and being so confident about it is the return of Rashad Bateman. Because if you look at that dude, he is absolutely one of the best wide receivers in the country. You can stack him up with the dudes that Alabama has, that you know a number of these schools have. He's one of the premier guys. It's just he's kind of the the alpha dog in that receiving crew for Minnesota. They don't have a ton of them, uh, but I love what Rashad Bateman does, and I think he's going to be terribly difficult to defend. You may even see a lot of double coverage on his side, but hey, all that's going to do if you put double coverage on him is it's just going to open up the field for a lot of other guys. Absolutely. The Titanic would have made it back to shore if you were rowing as hard as you are now on that ship, man. (laughs) Alan, I like it a lot. I can't wait for it. I feel really solid about it. So, Alan, what's your most confident value pick as we head into week seven? My most confident value pick, pick, I'm I'm on PJ Fleck, my most confident (laughs) value pick is I'm, this is, again, I'm bumping down here. I'm bumping down 
Oklahoma. Okay. At TCU, they're six and a half point favorites on the road. Um, TCU had a really poor performance in their last showing versus Kansas State. I expect a bounce back performance um, versus this Oklahoma team. Oklahoma has proven that they defensively are not very good and very susceptible. Um, so if you were to pick Oklahoma just based on purely on spread, they would be a nine. And that makes me want to 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 go run for like 15 miles to, <laughs> to try to pick Oklahoma at a nine this week. I would drop them. If you pick Oklahoma, I'm dropping them all the way into that bottom third, into that four, five range. Oklahoma, here's the thing. Oklahoma's given up 30 to everyone but Missouri State. So everyone with a pulse, they've given up 30 points to. And not only that, but TCU scored 30 on everyone but Kansas State. And so I, I like the, the Horn Frogs to, to keep this really, really close and maybe even um, end up upsetting them. That's going to be a fascinating one to watch, Alan, because, you know, we've talked about it a lot here on the show. The Big 12 is really hard to identify what's going to happen. When you look at Max Duggan, what he's done this year, he came out with a bang. Then he kind of laid an egg a little bit in the Kansas State game. They weren't able to do much and generate much offense. Uh, But like you talked about, Oklahoma's defense has struggled quite a bit. Uh, So I'm fascinated by this game. But like you said, that spread would have that game slotted pretty high on the board. So it'll be interesting to see how people come out with plays on that game as we head into the weekend. Absolutely. I think you can save yourself a lot of heartache if you bump that down uh, to that four range, something like that. Alan, with my second favorite uh, value play this week. And what we're going to do for those of you listening, just so you understand, when we have 15 games on the board, Alan and I are going to give you each two value plays. That way you get, uh, you know, a, close to like a third of the information kind of coming from us on what we're doing with our boards uh, combined with the two of us, because we could potentially give you uh, five different games we're looking at when we talk about our game of the week plus two value picks each. So we want to give you a good amount of information uh, without giving you our full board. So with my second value play, the one I feel still pretty confident with, uh, but not quite as confident as my Minnesota over Michigan pick, I am looking at another Big Ten matchup, Alan. I'm looking at Penn State at Indiana. Again, I'm going to kind of break down what these teams return because it's the first game of the season. When you look at Penn State, uh, there's not a ton that I have to tell you, but hey, they lost their best receiver from last year in K.J. Hamler. They lost Micah Parsons to opt out. He's going to be a super high uh, first-round draft pick in the NFL draft. That's going to be a big deal because he is a leader of that defense. He's an ultra good athlete. That's a big loss for them. And like we talked about earlier in the show, Journey Brown has opted out, the starting running back from Penn State. When you flip it over to the other side, Indiana brings back a ton offensively and defensively. You look at what they have at quarterback. They have a guy named Michael Penix who got a good amount of uh, starting experience last year he wasn't a full-time starter but he did start a number of games then they've got a bunch of dudes who are targets with some great names Wap Fillior, Ty Freifogel they've got a tight end named Peyton Hendershot they've got a running back named Stevie Scott 
and they bring back a ton on the defensive side as well. Alan, when I look at this one, I think back to last year. Penn State played Indiana, and what was a game I was going, I don't know, this Indiana team's pretty good. I picked Penn State to win. They did win, but I went back and looked at it, and Indiana, with very much the same uh, roster offensively and defensively, put up 462 yards on Penn State's defense. They outgained the Nittany Lions by nearly 100 yards a year ago, and that was at Penn State. And that was with a Penn State team that had a really good defense, but they've had a lot of losses off that side of the ball. And then, like I talked about, some of the skill players are gone right now with the Nittany Lions. So I think there's a lot of question marks there. So I'm looking at this one. Penn State is favored by six points heading into this weekend. If you look at your board, according to other spreads, that would have them slotted at either a seven or an eight. But Alan, I'm saying once again, Watch out for the Hoosiers because I think this game could be trouble for Penn State. If you think Penn State's on it and going to win the game, I say slide them down to that bottom third, your one through five slot instead of the seven or eight. But, Alan, I haven't made up my mind completely. I'm thinking Indiana might just come away with this upset. So I'm telling you, either slide Penn State all the way down to your one through five Or if you feel confident with this Indiana offense, which I think they're going to bring back a lot of potential, I think Indiana has a shot to come away with this game in an upset. Wow. I really love that pick for for a lot of different reasons. And I was leaning that way uh, anyway, just for for several of the same reasons. I think Tom Allen is a top-notch coach, right? I mean, he took a – he's taken a – a downtrodden, beat up Indiana team, and taking them to the next level. They were they were really starting to to, to get moving last year. Almost had a, I believe it was a nine win year until <laughs> until Tennessee recovered an onside kick in yeah. the bowl game and managed to win that game um, somehow or some way. Um, Indiana impressed me last year. And like you said, they've got some dudes with like some corn fed names, like Fry <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm sure they have the dude named O'Leary and, um, all those kinds of <laughs> things. But I mean, those guys, um, they were, they were pretty good up front. Um, Michael Penix is a pretty good quarterback, um, coming back and, and returning with a lot of experience. He's got another year of experience under his belt. And they've got they've got the WAP. Yeah, and man. Anytime you got, bro. Anytime you got the WAP, that's that's good for me. And uh, I remember them running all kinds of stories. It was all because he loved whoppers, and he just ate whoppers <laughs> all the dang time, which which absolutely cracks me up. That's not my fast food burger of choice, but hey, more power to you, man. Yeah, and Alan, another thing that I'll throw out to you on this game, of course, like you said, all the dudes they have, all the great names, that's awfully fun to watch, and it'll be fun to listen to throughout the broadcast of this one. But another thing to look back in last game, last season's game, not only did Indiana uh, outgain Penn State by nearly 100 yards in that game, but at the same time, they had to dig their way out of a hole. They only lost that game, I think it was by seven, Uh, But they gave Penn State a couple short fields to score on early in that game. And that's what gave Penn State an early lead. And Indiana kind of outplayed them the rest of that game. So uh, if I'm telling you right now, honestly, my gut feeling is telling me go with Indiana in this game, even though it's a six-point spread. Uh, But it's going to be fun to watch and fun to see what happens this coming Saturday. 
I totally, totally agree. This one, um, as I move into my second value pick, one of the things that this is a top echelon team anyway, but I think you could probably get a couple of points as you slide, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of others down the board. I'm I'm thinking Notre Dame wins big this week at Pitt. I think they win really big. Now they would be at the top of your board anyway. Chances are you they would end up being um, in the nine, ten, eleven range um, by point spread. They would be around an eleven. I'm saying bump that up to um, a, at least a thirteen. I, I think Ian Book comes back after a subpar game from last week, and they end up um, beating a pit team that's not going to have, more than likely, not going to have their quarterback back. Um, and, and so I, I think Notre Dame bounces back in a, in a big way over uh, over Pitt. Absolutely. Alan, like we've talked about, all these injury situations are ones that you've got to follow closely. And if Kenny Pickett is not in there for Pittsburgh, that is absolutely some value you can find on the board when they're facing a Notre Dame team that, you know, they may not be special, uh, but they're big and physical on the offensive line. They've got a good defense. Uh, so you're probably talking about a pit team that's probably going to struggle to score uh, in similar instances like they did against Miami. So I think a lot of strong plays Alan, uh, if you feel good about it, I think that we have our listeners in a really solid spot as they head into this weekend with this information. Absolutely. It feels like everybody's going to be ready to roll, and I'm excited to see what happens on uh See what happens on Saturday. Like we've talked about, this is a massive week because as we sit here on Wednesday night recording, you have 15 games on the board. Of course, postponements and cancellations are always possible with COVID-19, so we could see a game or two drop. But if you're sitting here as we roll into the weekend, if 15 games remain on the board, that means that we have one 120 points available in the contest this week. That is massive because we are going to see some big old swings in the standings if all these games hold up. And with our leaders sitting there at 253 points apiece, Alan, it is quite remarkable that if somebody miraculously came away with a perfect slate this week, they'd nearly pick up half that number of points with the 120 we have available. (laughs) That's insane. Oh my gosh, it's going to be wild. It is going to be wild. And if you're tracking along with us and you're trying to work your way into contention for the first place finish as the season goes along, you'll be in contention for our grand prize. What does that hold? You'll be in contention for a $50 Visa gift card, as well as a t-shirt from bellyupsports.com and a $100 gift card from Championship footballs.com. Alan, we've talked about it many times before, but if you go to championshipfootballs.com, you have the opportunity to find a lot of cool gear, stuff from national champions in the college game, from Super Bowl champions in the NFL. There's a bunch of stuff there. The the championship footballs, all the protective cases they have. And hey, if you want to go ahead and buy one yourself at checkout, just type in the promo code blackout. That's one word and you'll receive a discount before you leave with your gear. So a ton of cool stuff along the way as we go throughout this competition, Alan. 
Absolutely. Sorry, Georgia fans. We don't do any national championship balls, not in this century. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, you'll have to wait and, and hope for another year, my friends. Absolutely. Alan, can't wait to see what happens this weekend. Make sure if you are a part of the competition that you get your picks in early, because if you miss out on those noon kicks, you're going to miss a lot of points because what CBS Sports does is they drag your top picks off. So if you don't get those noon kickoffs, I think we've got uh, four or five of them this week, then you're talking about your 15, your 14, your 13, your 12, all those games at the top coming off uh, before you get in late. So you would be way, way behind the eight ball. So Alan, a lot of fun with the competition coming up this weekend and a lot of interesting matchups as we watch to see what happens. Absolutely. I I can't wait to see with the Big Ten hopping back in play. Um, bring it on. Let's do this. Absolutely. And Alan, I do want to get your thoughts on this too quickly. Uh, we are filled up with Power 5 competition. And hey, I've got no problem with that. The one issue I will raise with this slate, though, is you look at the matchups we have this week, and there is a nice top 25 uh, group of five conference matchup in the AAC between Cincinnati and SMU. And somehow we're sitting here with West Virginia and Texas Tech on the board, uh, you know, a, a team with a losing record in Texas Tech. We've got a couple of those scenarios, yet we have a top 25 matchup in the group of five that is not on our board. So that is one that I will desperately miss uh, and wish that was in our contest. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? I, I thought that was quite weird. And now I have absolutely no reason to watch that game. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Whereas I would have loved to have tuned into a, a fun little nugget game like that and uh, watch them and play, try so hard, play football. That's exactly right. Nah, no, I don't mean to me condes- condescending, but in, in all seriousness, I am surprised that we have a crappy big 12 game over a, a top 25 matchup like that. I agree completely, dude. I I would have been fascinated by that matchup and I would have loved to have that one in the competition just because I think you would have seen a lot of people on both sides of it. So uh, fun stuff to look forward to this weekend. Alan, I can't wait for it. It's going to be a blast seeing how the standings hold up after this weekend because of so many points up on the board. Absolutely. There should be a pretty decent shuffling. No one is safe, right? It's spooky season. And no one is safe. And as we talk about each and every week, the things that you can do to support the show, jump on over to bellyupsports.com and check out the blackout under the podcast page. There you can subscribe to the show. There's a lot of different links to where you can subscribe with your different podcast platforms. In addition to that, on Apple iTunes, you can jump on and give us a five-star rating and a review. That helps out a ton. And uh, beyond that, you can follow us on social media. You can find The Blackout on Facebook and on Twitter at The Blackout Pod. You can find Alan Denton at AD on The Blackout. And you can find me at TB on The Blackout. Alan, thank you so much for your time. Can't wait for what we're going to see this weekend. Absolutely, my friend. It's always an honor. Right here on The Blackout. Make sure you check us out next week for another Pick'em Rewind and a Pick'em Pod looking at the Week 8 games. Alan, we'll talk to you later, man. All right, brother. We'll see you.